Hey, welcome to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart. And uh, this is not Matt Stewart, this is Saran Jayamana. We're in Sydney, we're about to be in Brisbane, we're doing live Who Knew It with Matt Stewart's in both those cities. And we're also doing our stand-up shows, uh, Dry Dry, is that right? That is correct, uh, Who Knew It's with Matt Stewart's, and also Dry Dry in Sydney at the Manning Bar, and in Brisbane at the beautiful Powerhouse. Oh, so good. And we're you're doing the Who Knew It's at the Chippo, and at the Good Chat Comedy. Anyway, we'd love to see you there, it'd be fantastic. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Who Knew It, Matt Stewart, the show where the guests write the wrong answers. I'm the titular Matt Stewart, and our first guest is host of Shut Up A Second, it's Cass Page. It's true. <laughs> and our second guest is coming in live from across the ditch. He's host of the Cult Popture podcast, it's AJ. Hello, hi, I'm here from across the Dutch. That's how you say I say it. <laughs> Well, finally, you're speaking normal. <laughs> normal Kiwi. <laughs> uh, the Dutch. What, mm. is, what, it's, what, what, what is the Dutch? It's the Tasman Sea, right? Is that right? I guess so. Yeah. I, well, it's the, is it, it's the ta- yeah, the Tasman, yeah. I was going to, I almost just demonstrated my very, very <laughs> loose handle on geography. And it's like, he already said Tasman, just say yes. <laughs> That'll do. Cass, do you want to <laughs> jump in here and say we're wrong? Or do you want to go with? You can either go with me, uh, or you can go your own way. What do um, you want to lock in? I do know that the sea is mm-hmm. between where we are and where you are. Okay. So, in a way, it Very could be true. all of the seas. How do they say where the sea ends? Yeah, That's a good it's point. All, it's all one ocean. It's Come all, on. It's all the wet, maybe. <laughs> yeah. We got to go back and get rid of those borders in the sea. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Supercontinent. Mm. Oh yeah, super boys. wet continent. Yes. Oh man, is that? I mean, really, isn't that all the ocean is—a wet continent? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do we know that? You know, we're putting so much emphasis on land because we live there. Mm. Mm. But that's what the fish feel about where we yeah, live. Exactly. You know, the sea is their supercontinent. The fish probably call land the ocean. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, you know, you go up there, it's fun to visit, but if you stay up too late, too long, you die. We can't yeah. breathe up there. <laughs> yeah, there's, exactly. There's a theory, one theory of, of why we haven't seen extraterrestrial life or has, haven't been visited by it is because other worlds that have life would be water worlds and they can't leave. They can't right. leave the water, right? Uh, well, they. I mean, we did. <gasps> You Holy know? shit. Holy shit. <laughs> they can't be that super intelligent if they've not even figured out how to okay. grow legs. Okay, that is a 
Wow. We figured it out. Mm. Whales figured it but- out. Whales went back. Yeah, that's <laughs> what, yeah, That's the thing. Maybe they, yeah. the aliens have gone back because what mm. is what is arriving on land given us humans? It's brought nothing but hardship and terror. It's destroying the world. I we must it- return to the ocean. Yeah, that's <laughs> our future. I think our future is in the sea. Kevin Costner was right. Do you know yeah, how yeah. much money I've spent and time I've wasted moisturizing myself because my skin is dry? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That... That says enough, doesn't it? That says... I'm too dry. Your body, your body is longing to return to the oh grand moisture. Oh, my God. I'm slicking myself up every day. <laughs> yeah, I'm buying yeah. tinctures and potions. You yearn for the ocean. <laughs> oh, my God. Every moment is that I am not wet, I die. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, the way the show works is I ask a relatively obscure trivia question and our contestants have to write a convincing fake answer. I then read their answers as well as a real one. And then they have to guess which one is correct. Here we go. Here's question number one. This comes from listener Nick Dennis from Edders in Pennsylvania. And Nick's question is, what does the word droitwitch mean? Droitwitch? What does the word droitwitch mean? Can we get some spelling on that? Yeah. D-R-O-I-T-W-I-C-H. Droitwitch. And while they are writing their answers i'll explain how the scoring works so you get one point if your fake answer is guessed by the other contestant and another point if you correctly guess the correct answer by the way i'm also playing as the house and i've put in two of my own fake answers for each question and i get a point for each one of those that our guests choose so each of us can score up to two points per round which seems fair but they probably actually favors me the house and the house always wins so if you've listened to the show over the duration uh that is more often than not not the case uh Anyway, our questions come from our great Patreon supporters. And if you want to submit a question, sign up on any level via patreon.com slash dogonpod, which is linked in the show notes. Uh, the Dugon Patreon is, that's the network that this podcast is a part of. It also includes shows like Prime Mates, Book Cheat, and would you believe it, Do Go On. <laughs> no relation. <laughs> you came up with the network name first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the answers are in. Here is question number one. What does the word droitwitch mean? An iconic sandwich from Detroit, which is a slice of square pizza between two slices of rye. The moist patch left on the sand after a reptile mating session. A term used by witch hunters when they are not sure if someone is a druid or a witch. (laughs) Where you try to move out of the way of someone, but just get in their way again. Or an illegal move in professional wrestling. There are so many illegal moves in professional wrestling. <laughs> All right, name name two. Tickle. Okay, is that illegal? <laughs> I don't. Th- I think. Well, it might not be illegal, but surely it's frowned upon. Maybe that is the droid witch, though. Mm, biting oh. someone's ear. I don't think that's allowed. It's a, it's a coverall term for oh, right professional uh. wrestling illegal moves. So what do we had? We had wrestling. A sandwich I really want to try, even if it's fake. <laughs> I think the rye really sold it to mm, me. Love I'm, rye. Like, I'm like, oh, that would really break it up. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> you got two different kinds of grain in that one. Uh, then you've you've also got the moist patch left on sand after a reptile mating session. Term used by witch hunters if they're not sure if someone's a druid or a witch. Uh, where you try to move out of the way of someone, but just get in their way again, and the illegal wrestling move. 
I gotta go for the uh, jizz stain left by reptiles okay. is well, the one I'm the most compelled to. I don't know to. if that necessarily <laughs> said anything about jizz stain. <laughs> a moist patch could have been the sweat, you know? It, it could the have loose, been the, the sweat, you're sweat. right. <laughs> I don't think they do, actually. They're cold-blooded. But, uh, but again, maybe they do and I shouldn't have tried to correct you. <laughs> Cass, what do you want to lock in? Oh, I reckon there has to be a word for when you are trying to get out of someone's way and get in someone else's way. Or you, mm. you get, you know, you're jumping into each other. I don't know what that word is, but why not this? Mm. I'll say yeah, when you right. try and get out of the way and get in the way. Droid mm. mm. witch. All right. And did me spelling it out to you rule out any of them, like the one with the other spelling of witch in it, perhaps? It, it swayed me. <laughs> As I'm reading it out, I'm like, no. Oh. <laughs> I, I made a mental note not to read out the spelling of that one, but I forgot. Anyway, uh, that one, the term for witch hunters, uh, that was written by Nick, a.k.a. The House. Ooh. The House also wrote the one about that delicious-sounding pizza from Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, which I agree. It, I mean, I wrote it. I wrote it for me. I want it. Because <laughs> I'm imagining it's only the so because you've got two layers of bread. I imagine you're you're getting all middle of pizza in mm. that square, right? And yeah. I think the I think their square pizzas are like a deeper, like a cheesier pizza as well. The Detroit's there's a Detroit style pizza. Yeah, yeah. Detroit I, well, I know style Chicago's square pizza. The, oh, the, the the square ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally different, I think, because yeah. uh, they're squares. I'm hearing that, yeah. And fully changes the texture of how a pizza is, is going to cook, okay? <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm being serious here. It's all the same after you eat it. It's the all same right. shape. Jeez, this guy. Philosophical Ooh. AJ. Uh, an illegal move in professional wrestling. That was AJ. Yeah. Let me explain here. Yes. I nearly described the move. Then I thought, if I describe the move, that like if I don't describe the move, it might sound like it's you know when we're writing the, our next answers, Matt will then describe what the move is. So I was mm. like, ah, oh, it's a strategic. But then the Ooh. first one was a description of a sandwich, and I was like, okay, I probably <laughs> should have been a bit more creative there and described it. Uh, well, I thought it was fantastic all the same. Thanks so much. <laughs> Did, what move were you going to have it be illegal? Oh, it was what I said uh, when I was very subtly trying to not give away <laughs> that it was me that wrote it, as it's like a catch-all term for an illegal ah. illegal move. It was a bad answer. I'm off to a bad start. I'll admit it. I'm man enough to admit that. That's fine. Well, AJ, uh, you you picked the moist patch left on sand by a reptile. Mm. A reptile. A reptile. That, that was Cass Page. Oh, my gosh. So, a point to cash. Wet reps. <laughs> point to cash. Can I call you cash? A lot of people do. Okay, fantastic. Well, then I did it on oh, purpose. A wet stain. It was right there in front of me. We've just been talking about wetness for like 10 minutes. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that as I ran out. I'm like, I wonder if- Someone's that- got wet on the brain. Someone yearns for a moist patch of her own. <laughs> and- that means, Cass, you are correct. It's where you try to move out of the way of someone, but just get in their way again. That wow. is excellent to know that I now have a word for that thing that I do. Everyone mm. does it. Everyone. Mm. Everyone does it. I, I do that all the time. It's one of my favorite moves. <laughs> Always feels really good. Oh, Legal sorry. in wrestling, though. Sorry. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You have to contact each <laughs> yeah. other. Not a droid witch in wrestling. No, no. 
All right, after one round, it is Cass on two points, AJ on no points, the house on no points. Here Damn. is question number two. This one comes from Betsy N from California. Ooh, and the fun question, name. It is a fun name. And Betsy's question is, what song was released by blues musician Blind Lemon Jefferson in October of 1927? Blind Lemon okay. Jefferson. What song was released by blues musician Blind Lemon Jefferson? In October of 1927, and while you're writing your answers, here's some more info on Droit Witch. Nick writes, In the fictional dictionary, the meaning of Liff, written by Douglas Adams and John Lloyd, the word Droit Witch is defined as a street dance. The two partners approach from opposite directions and try to politely get out of each other's way. They step to the left, step to the right, apologise, step to the left again, apologise again, bump into each other, and repeat as often as necessary. Or unnecessary, it says. <laughs> uh, this is, book is a dictionary of things that aren't uh, there aren't any words for yet, based off a game Adams played in school. Instead of coming up with original words, you would just take the name of a place and come up with an interesting definition for it. Other fun words include Abilene, the pleasing coolness on the reverse side of a pillow. Oh, that's Ooh. a good one. Mm. Diddling, which I think hasn't. That hasn't. That hasn't. <laughs> we mean. know what that is. But anyway, Adams calls it the process of trying to work out who did it with the, when reading a whodunit and trying to keep your options open so that when you find out, you can allow yourself to think you knew all along. <laughs> Nick said he tried to find other instances of the phenomenon being given a name, but the only one he could find was from The Simpsons, and I didn't quite give it a name, but in episode 12 of season 18, Little Big Girl... Lisa wants to bring something interesting to the school's multicultural day, saying that the Simpson family heritage is boring. She invents a Native American tribe called Hitachi, and one of the facts she gives in her presentation is that the Hitachi tribe has seven names for that thing where you're walking and someone's walking towards you, and you each try to step aside, but you both go the same way, and you do it again and again until one of you just scoots around. But they never actually gave it a name. But wow, there you go. If only they'd read uh, Douglas Adams's yeah. The Meaning of Lif. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Simpsons invent lots of words as well, so I'm surprised they didn't just go for another sort of culturally touchstone, uh, you know, made-up word there, like oh. cromulent and embiggen or whatever those words. Oh, right. Is cromulent yeah. one of theirs? I think so. What Fantastic. is it? It's, it's embiggen and... Is it cromulent, which is like, it's a perfectly cromulent word? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Yes, cromulent. Accept- acceptable or adequate. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. The answers are in for question number two. What song was released by blues musician Blind Lemon Jefferson in October of 1927? Watching the puddles gather rain. Mm. I got them top hat blues. <laughs> mm. While my guitar is being repaired, please enjoy this knee slapping solo. <laughs> Apples to oranges and back to the tree. <laughs> or see that my grave is kept clean. Wow. Ooh. What a range <laughs> of tunes here. What a great That's EP scary. this would make. Big mm. fan of see that my grave is kept clean. Yeah, yeah. I like what was the guitar one? <laughs> While my guitar is being repaired, please enjoy this knee-slapping solo. 
I like that one because it starts out sounding like while my guitar gently weeps and then <laughs> takes a Getting sharp a- lift turn. <laughs> Do you think this is where George Harrison got his inspiration yeah, yeah, from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, while my guitar, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Ah. <laughs> Didn't stick the landing. It's all right. They did. I mean, they the Beatles did um, borrow a lot of ideas. Mm, there you go. Did they give them back? Uh, yeah, I think they gave them back. They're Good. all out there in the public domain now. If you want any Beatles stuff, I think you should be pretty right to grab it. Grab yeah. it. <laughs> just, just, in fact, just let's play a Beatles song right now on this podcast. It's fine. <laughs> I think if they owned their own music still, it probably would be okay. But, mm, sure, yeah. Um, otherwise, you could call it a little hypocritical, maybe. Sorry <laughs> okay. to get political. <laughs> uh, I think uh, AJ went first the first time. Do you want to have a go, Cass? Okay, what were they again? Uh, watching the puddles gather rain. Mm, I wet, got, big fan. <laughs> mm, true. <laughs> I got them top hat blues <laughs> while my guitar is being repaired. Please enjoy this knee slapping solo. Apples to oranges and back to the tree and back to the tree in brackets. Or see that my grave is kept clean. See, this is, this is, it is it's your turn, Cass, but I, I just want to say this is why I become kind of bad at the game because I start trying to, like, approach it from a meta angle and i'm like only two of those are funny or two or three of them are funny and the others are just like legitimately interesting sounding songs and i'm like would someone submit a question if the answer (laughs) wasn't funny you know what i mean i think interesting's enough yeah okay okay (laughs) maybe yeah (laughs) it depends there's a bit of a range funny Mm. i I think ideally funny but there's Mm. okay sometimes you gotta go for interesting Mm. Mm. I'm going to go the top hat one. The grave one is like a good instruction to give out, but I reckon I'm going to go top hat. Top hat for Cass. If the grave in. one, if the graveyard one is fake, I'm stealing it for something I make in the future. Um, <laughs> I reckon I want to go apples to oranges and back to the tree. That, that compels me. All right. Locking that in for AJ. Here's who wrote the answers. Watching the Puddles Gather Rain. That was written by Betsy, a.k.a. The House, and was actually taken... Uh, from an existing song by Blind Melon. Mm. <laughs> Betsy having Whoa. a bit of fun there, Blind Lemon, Blind Melon. I made that connection when you first said Blind Lemon, but then didn't stretch that connection to watching <laughs> the puddles gather rain. <laughs> that's fine, yeah. I, is, I haven't looked it up, but blind, that's no coincidence, I'm guessing, Blind Melon. Probably, yeah. apparently Blind Lemon was, it was big. But Blind Lemon, his birth name was Lemon. Oh. Right, right. Was he blind? And he was blind. Was so, he well, lemon? he gets the name then. <laughs> yeah. The answer there was hiding in plain sight, really, wasn't mm, it? Mm, mm. Uh, while my guitar is being repaired, please enjoy this knee slap and solo. That was the house. Really nice. good stuff, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Big fan. <laughs> Cass, you went for I Got Them Top Hat Blues. That mm. was AJ. Yeah. Right, really well done. Loved Thank it. You. Thank AJ you. is on the board. Apples to oranges and back to the tree, which AJ went for. That was Cass. We picked Aye! each other's. What a so, beautiful moment. Yeah. So it was the grave one. It was. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> See that my grave is kept clean. Now, Bad did ass. that count as one of your funny ones or interesting or what? But I'd you... say, well, that's the thing. I don't think that that's particularly funny, but I think it's a really well-written, like, mm. sentence, you know? I think it's sort of, it's a, yeah, to me, that's a pretty fun name for a song. Yeah. Fun, without being definitely. funny. Yeah. 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 I think I maybe fun is the threshold then. Okay. Yeah. I'm I, will, gonna, <laughs> I will take it back to just fun. <laughs> I'm going to add it to my library. Mm-hmm. Nice. It, it's been covered so many times, which I'll tell the listeners about in a second. Um, 
And yeah, apparently his singing style and playing was quite unique, so much so that his contemporaries, the the ones coming up underneath him, didn't really even try to uh, emulate because it was too right. difficult. Right. So he, he sort of didn't influence the music at the time, but in in the generations later, mm. uh, a, a bunch of big names did start like covering wow. him. And, um, which cool. is, yeah, I'd never heard of him before, but kind of a fun story. Fun. That's the base level. Hey. As long as we're having fun. There's your are new tag. Having I am having fun. Are you guys um, having fun? I'm having Wait, so guys, much are we fun. having fun? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's question number three. This one comes from Tamara Potts from Perth. I was hanging out with Tamara just a couple of weeks ago. All right, so Tamara's question is, what is the real name of a small bird native to the South Island of New Zealand? Oh, now, oh, oh advantage, oh. advantage. <laughs> As I read this out, I think, because I've been holding this question back for a while thinking I, l- I like this one for a Cass episode. It's been, it's been highlighted in my notes for a while. And then as I read it out, I think not the ideal other guests to have on that episode probably. <laughs> That's all right. I'll, I'll get truck. But you also, maybe there's a clue in there for you that I think this is a, a Cass-appropriate question. I'm touched mm. and honoured and I, um, I recently bought, I went overseas and one of the things I bought myself was old prints of birds that had funny names. Wow. It was a bunch of d- bunch of different birds that were tits and then a bunch of different birds that were peckers. Mm, nice. <laughs> well. <laughs> they're all drawn and they're like, all the tits are in one page and all the peckers are together. It's this beautiful black and white old print from the 1800s. That is beautiful. It's really beautiful. Can you um can you send us a picture so I can post it? I will. I will happily send you my tits and peckers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, while you're writing your answers about these small kiwi birds, but not kiwis. <laughs> uh I'll let the audience know a bit more about Blind Lemon. According to Betsy, Blind Lemon Jefferson's real name is Lemon Henry Jefferson, which is such a freaking great name. And he was born blind and learned to play guitar in his early teens. Bob Dylan recorded this song for his 1962 debut album, Bob Dylan. He recorded it again with the band, which is included on the basement tapes. Other artists to uh, cover the song include B.B. King, Peter, Paul and Mary, Canned Heat, The Grateful Dead, Lou Reed and Mavis Staples. And there's a, there's a long list, but they're some of the bigger names. Staples' version of the song uh, came from her 2015 album, Your Good Fortune, and it won the 2016 Grammy Award for Best American Roots Performance. So he's, he's winning Grammys, you know, 100 years later. Well, it would have been nice if he were alive for it. But well, I didn't ever said he wasn't. Was he? I don't. I haven't looked it up. Okay. So he could <laughs> have been. Who knew it? Not Sorry. Matt Stewart on this occasion. <laughs> uh, the British band who we've talked about on the show before as well, Half Man, Half Biscuit, recorded a parody titled See That My Bikes Kept Clean. On their 1997 album. Very Voyage funny. To the bottom of the road. That is funny. <laughs> that, is, that is weird our level, yeah. I reckon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I changed grave to bike. There'd be, I bet there's more to it if you hear it, but it's this is This is an occasion where the parody of the song just sounds less edgy than the actual <laughs> yeah, song, yeah. you know? Mm. Like, if you're already starting with grave, you've got to go, you've got to go deeper to be, to be, you know, cutting edge with that one. Yeah, I, I feel like it would, you'd take it to, like, corpse. Yeah. Or something like that. Or you know? check, check that, that my corpse is kept clean. That see something? that my, my ears are kept clean. You know, something gross, maybe. I don't know. See that yeah. my toilet is kept clean. That's a oh, very okay. 1970s attempt at a parody, I think. Toilet? Toilet AJ, could work. please. <laughs> this, is, uh, this podcast is for all ages. <laughs> 
All right, the answers are in for question number three. What is the real name of a small bird native to the South Island of New Zealand? Langyard. Where I live. <laughs> yes, okay. So you don't you don't go out much. You don't look at the birds. You don't ask I don't, them their names. I, I don't know. I doubt I will know the name. To 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 be perfectly transparent, I I probably need to brush up on my native bird names. Yeah, and if you uh. If you do know, just you don't have to say. You will okay. be answering first, though. So yeah. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what Cass does with that info. Okay. Uh, so he, your options are lanyard, <laughs> pip, pipipi, 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 or mm-hmm. pipipi, uh, grug bunnies, <laughs> the miniature flunge poof, <laughs> or the mouse-tailed bat-winged parrot beak. Can I get those all again? <laughs> Lanyard. Pipipi. Grug bunnies. The miniature flunge poof. Or the mouse-tailed bat-winged parrot beak. Oh, my God. Naming a bird Lanyard is the most New Zealand That's thing so ever. so funny. <laughs> it's, I'm so drawn to that. It just seems like... So, and it's specifically like a South Island thing, too. Um, oh, God. So the only one that sounds like a Maori bird name was Pepepe, right? Mm-hmm. But I also am like, is that just there because it's a bunch of fun? I'm doing this fun, funny thing again. Um, <laughs> I'm, I, fuck it, I'm going to go lanyard. I think that's hilarious and I hope it's true. <laughs> okay, looking lanyard in for AJ. Uh, what are you thinking, Cass? I was thinking Pepepepe. How many... How many is it? How- P P P three P's. P P P P P P. I think that sounds like the sweetest name of the bunch, and I want that to be real. AJ, yeah, you're um, even though it sounds like you're not sure yeah. if it's real or not, how would it be pronounced if it was real? P P P. How is it spelled? P I P I P I. R A E P P P. Yeah. P P P. Yeah. I think. Oh, All right. oh, oh, maybe don't quote me on that. <laughs> I don't Is have to it, quote you. Don't worry, we're not recording or anything. Yeah, 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 don't quote me. Don't worry, AJ. We won't. <laughs> I, won't I won't quote you. No, but absolutely not. There may be audio of this out yeah, there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Probably uh, worse than a quote. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, well, I can, I can, so if it's I, then the, the Maldi vowel signs are A-E-I-O-U with A-E-I, A-E-I. So maybe it's Pi-Pi-Pi, maybe? I don't know. Pi-Pi-Pi. Yeah. All right. Well, here's who wrote the answers. The mouse-tailed bat-winged parrot beak. That was AJ mm. using his local knowledge there. <laughs> well, well, it was inspired by um, last a couple of years ago, a bat won New Zealand Bird of the Year. Oh, and okay. so I went, I went to look at what the name of that bat was. And was it's, it's a Maori name that I didn't know how to pronounce and wasn't funny or fun. So I was like, well, let's skip that. because. And I always thought it was so interesting that like, two three years after the world went into a pandemic because of a bat uh a bat <laughs> what a comeback story the bat had at one bird of the year you know that's beautiful i love actually. that that's really nice uh so yeah the ma- mouse-tailed bat-winged parrot beak that was aj the miniature flunge poof that was cast am i pronouncing that right Yes, thank you so much <laughs> for See, checking. My 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 New Zealand bird knowledge told me it wasn't that one because oh. that's not really the typical way that birds are named here. Yeah, I, I should have no gone idea. with Pepepe. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm saying this stuff, now that I'm putting my money where my mouth is, too late, AJ. Grog bunnies. That was the house. Mm-hmm. As was lanyard. 
Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck! No! <laughs> Lanyard's such a good name. <laughs> uh, meaning, and Lanyard was actually written by Tamara specifically uh, from Perth. So, I don't know if she has any New Zealand knowledge, but um, oh, you reckon that was a very inspired. accurate... In- yeah, inspired guess. I like maybe not typically for naming creatures, but the idea of promoting like a run of the mill object <laughs> to the name of something yeah. just feels very Kiwi. Uh, so yes, that means that Cass is correct. It is Pipipi. Um, yeah, okay. So one point to the house, one point to Cass there this round. Thank you. And that brings us up to question number four. Uh, I'll tell the listeners a bit more about Pepepe soon, but this one comes from Millie Bailey from Brisbane. 17th century French opera singer and expert swordswoman Julie Delbigny, or Le Maupin, was almost sentenced to death for what crime? Apologies for the pronunciation there. 17th century French opera singer and expert swordswoman Julie Delbigny, or Le Maupin, also known as, was, was almost sentenced to death for what crime? While you're writing your answers, here's a... A little more information about Pepepe. According to Tamara, the Pepepe is also, or the Pepepe. What did you say, AJ? Uh, let me, I'm, I've got a pronunciation open. I just didn't want to play it while you were talking. But I'll play it now. We can all hear it. Pepepe. 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 According to this. Pepepe. Yeah. According to Tamara, the Pepepe is also known as the Brown Creeper or New Zealand <laughs> Titmouse. So, Cass, I mean... Its alternative names are so good as well. The Brown yeah. Creeper. <laughs> brown Creeper Titmouse? Brown Creeper yeah. and New Zealand Titmouse. It's so not a tit, it's not a mouse. Fantastic. Yeah, Does come it on. creep? Mm. Is it brown? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Research shows they use UV light to recognise the eggs of the long-tailed cuckoo when they've been replaced in the nest and they reject those eggs. In the late 19th century, when food was short, they would descend on slaughter yards in sheep stations and feast on the meat of butchered animals. Different brown creeper populations have different dialects, meaning that, for example, a population on Stewart Island will have a slightly different song than a population at the foothills of Mount Cook. It was discovered that the male brown creeper would respond more significantly, i.e. sing louder, around the presence of an unknown bird with the same dialect than to a bird he recognised... Uh, from a neighbouring territory, which is interesting. All right, while you're still writing your answers, let's go for a quick break. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, and we're back. And the answers are in for question number four. 17th century French opera singer and expert swordswoman Julie de Bonny, a.k.a. La Maupin, La Maupin, was almost sentenced to death for what crime? Arson, body snatching and kidnapping after she set fire to a convent to create a distraction to help her lover escape, placing a wow. dead body in her place. 
Oh my god! Ooh, where'd she get the dead body? I love her. <laughs> she <laughs> sounds cool. <laughs> well, you should hear the other cool thing she's done. Like, uh, she was charged for indecency and public lewdness after she kissed a woman on stage in front of King Louis the Fourteenth. Mm. Nice, great stuff. Uh, she was charged with murder when she performed an opera piece uh, where she had uh, she had written about killing a man who attacked her, admitting to murder. However, she performed this in a church, and it fell under the protection of confession. Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. Treason by way of promoting a Roman made cheese. <laughs> In France? Sacre bleu. <laughs> or with murder and impersonating a wolf after a bizarre conspiracy blamed her for a spate of wolf maulings. Hmm. Okay, so you've got arson, body snatching, and kidnapping. Yeah. <laughs> Indecency and public lewdness. Yeah. Murder, <laughs> treason, or murder and impersonating a wolf. What was the full first murder one there? Uh, she performed an opera piece she had written about killing a man who attacked her, admitting to murder. However, she performed this in a church and it fell under the protection of confession. That's so good. I got to go that one because that's either that's either the truth or like a good idea for like a movie. Ah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> uh. Oh. Any one of these? I want to know her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I want to go cheese treason. Cheese treason. I want to go cheese treason. Cheesen. Cheesen. You have committed cheesen. <laughs> <laughs> the most delicious crime of all. <laughs> On last week's episode, it was real hot in the studio, and there was a and cheese came up again. This is a very cheesy podcast, <laughs> and we're all talking about what's the most refreshing cheese. Oh. Tricky question. I don't think we came to an answer. I would say one of the cream-based ones. So, you know how you can get a brie or a camembert and it's like pretty yellow inside and it's pretty runny? You can get ones that are more on the cream cheese side, but they come in a round and I've forgotten what they're called, but that's straight out of the fridge. Oh, yeah. Put Mm. a straw in it. (laughs) Slurp it up. Yeah, I reckon cream cheese is a good one because that's what cheesecake's made of. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Or what about like um, the real gross like processed cheese you buy for school lunches that are in like little funny shapes? Oh, I, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be refreshed by that. But a real cold one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, a stringer. I see where yeah, you're going. Yep, you a go, stringer is yeah. a pretty refreshing cheese. There you go. I knew you two would have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go through who wrote the answers. Uh, charged with murder and impersonating a wolf. Because of a spate of maulings. That was the house. Really good stuff, house. (laughs) Mm, Nice. Thank you so much. (laughs) Uh, The house also wrote indecency and public lewdness after she kissed a woman on stage in front of King Louis XIV. Well, I'm glad that's not true. I wrote both of these because our question writer, Millie, she she wrote two that were real things that... um, that uh, that Le Maupin did, and I'll tell you about them uh, after this. Mm. They were also great. Um, but yeah, all of this makes me think a full do go on podcast report uh, should be done nice. on it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, treason by way of promoting a Roman made cheese. Cast went for that. That was AJ. Oh, Hello. Excellent I'm stuff. The, the cheesen inventor. Really good stuff. Big fan of cheesen. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I hope that, that catches on if it hasn't already. <laughs> Can we quote you on that? Yeah, yeah, please. Che- cheese based treason. <laughs> Uh, murder after performing an opera uh, admitting she killed a man but was performed in church 
meaning that it was protected by confession. That was Cass. So you again Cass. picked each other's. We should write something together, Cass. We're we on the same page. <laughs> we both like each other's ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good writing part of the situation. And that means the correct answer is arson, body snatching and kidnapping after she set fire to a convent to create a distraction to help her lover escape, placing a dead body in her place. Wow. That rules. Also a good movie. Yeah. yeah. So the dead body was a nun that just happened to have died there recently. So there was a body lying around. She's like, I got to use for is this. Is anyone using this? <laughs> yeah. Can I have this? Is this? Can I? I'm just, yeah. I'll just, don't worry. <laughs> if you need it again, it'll just be over here anyway. Yeah, it'll be. It's fine. Mm, nice. I'm yeah. taking its clothes though. <laughs> All right. So we're up to question number five. This one comes from uh, one Paul Stewart, my dad, my old man. Wow. Ah. Uh, he gave me this question when we were drinking well into the night on grand final day a week or so ago. That's really special. And we started playing a lot of uh, old bands on, on YouTube, just like switching between. And uh, this song, he loves this song, uh, Whamma Jamma yep. by the Jay Giles band, the live version of it. And he goes... You know what the harmonica's name is? Anyway, that's how this question came about. What is mm. the stage name of Jay Giles Band's harmonica player? What is the stage name of Jay Giles Band's harmonica player? I this this is really good. <laughs> I'm having a really good time. <laughs> I love to hear it, Cass. I'm about to learn a harmonica's name. <laughs> <laughs> a harmonic Well, sure, but the player in particular. <laughs> Wait, it's not the harmonica? Not the harmonica. The pl- harmonica the player's harmonicist. stage name. Oh, I thought you... Okay. Well... But in, in the fun fact later, I do tell you the name of a harmonica he invented. So yes, please. So, you will get to enjoy that too. All right. All right. I'm back on. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> While you're writing your answers, here's some more info about La Maupin. And I, I reckon, really, you could... I think you could probably just use whatever you're thinking anyway. You'd think that it would probably translate. While you're writing your answers, here's some more info about La Maupin. According to Millie, other true stories where she got in trouble include she dueled and beat three men at the same time. uh, And then after kissing a woman at that same ball, she she got into trouble with the law. (laughs) Uh, another time, her lover, the Elector of Bavaria, declared her insane after she stabbed herself on stage with a real dagger. So I, re- I think they're Holy just three shit. little bird manning. St- yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, Millie also has a, a an unrelated fun fact, saying, despite being considered fancy to many people nowadays, Mozart composed a piece for six singers that roughly translates to "kiss my ass." Uh, there are multiple recordings of it. That's fantastic stuff. You managed to record it? I guess since. Oh, what wouldn't have been? Oh. <laughs> I, I don't maybe, know. Maybe they were just quoting Mozart. <laughs> On the arson story, Culture Trip writes, uh, Do Bonnyi, uh, her most notorious run-in with the law sounds so absurd that you could easily mistake it for a legend. But there's a shocking truth to the seemingly unbelievable tale. After seducing a local merchant's daughter who was then sent to a convert to keep the pair apart, she forged an incredible plan. It just so happened that a nun had passed away, and so she stole the dead body and placed it in her lover's room before setting the whole convent on fire. This provided the necessary chaos to elope. 
though she was later charged with kidnapping, body snatching, and arson, and was sentenced to death by fire. This is great. But she didn't die. No, I think she obviously got out of it at some point, which, you know, oh. in a future episode of Do Go On, I'm sure I'll tell that yeah. whole story. Can I come? That sounds great. <laughs> yes. This sounds awesome. This, this should be a movie if it's not already. This sounds awesome. Yeah, so good. Sure, there's got to be something in it. Anyway, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing a deep dive on her life. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't... I can't imagine a situation in which I would set a convert on fire. Also, it's not body snatching. She moved it. Yeah, body moving <laughs> I, without yeah. a permit, maybe. <laughs> she did, but the, the nun wasn't using it anymore. Yes. And they mm. would know better than anyone. That's just to... It's know, a husk. It's a husk to Christians. They don't believe... They believe the yeah, soul the, goes when it dies, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The nun's fine. Where, where's the nun at this time? She's in heaven. She's got no, no qualms with... Yeah. <laughs> what problems does she have with it? None. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's good stuff. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The answer for question number five. What is the stage name of Jay Giles Band's harmonica player? Okay, I really missed, I misheard that pretty severely. (laughs) Uh, Here are your options. The Easy Breezy, Dirty Baby, Magic Dick, Jean Shorts Johnny, or Whistle Teeth. (laughs) I think these are all really great. These are really good. (laughs) We tried to, oh yeah. What's the uh, dick one again? Magic dick. I'm torn between dirty baby and magic <laughs> dick. <laughs> That's a tough spot to be in oh. between magic dick and the dirty baby. <laughs> God, they're perfect. Um, Do you want to have first crack, Cass? I gotta go whistle teeth. Mm. That's whimsical. <laughs> the old whistle teeth. What? What? How? Can I ask, like, how old your dad is, Matt, or what? What generation he belongs to? Yes, you can. Uh, he, yeah. he he just turned seventy, so he's uh, right in the baby boomers. Yeah, right. And I know I you have reckon... pro- a problem with his generation. <laughs> I know that. I know that you do. Do we? I didn't. I wasn't talking to Cass. AJ has a big. Mm. He's got I, big beef. I I got famous on TikTok making fun of boomers about two years ago. So. <laughs> Nice. Um, I'm going to go with Magic Dick because I think a boomer would find Magic Dick a more amusing nickname than I think a Zoomer would think Dirty Baby is the funniest name ever, but I think a boomer thinks Magic Dick is obviously more funny. What fantastic logic. And see, the the way you can show your workings out there as an expert of the generations... (laughs) Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, let's go through who wrote the answers. The Easy Breezy. That was Cass. Which I think it was nice. great work. I definitely could see that being the name of a famous... That was the one I wrote for the harmonica. <laughs> it works, it I works. that works, definitely. There's a, there's a great uh, nickname for an old golfer. A South African golfer called Ernie Ells was The Big Easy, which I think is nice. a good nickname. I don't really it understand what it means. It just reminds me of such a big egg. And does it mean that things are easier for him? Or? I guess so. I don't know. I'm guessing maybe it's like he had an e- like his swing was easy or, or, or something. he's easy? Oh, yeah. You I've think heard he that get, about golfers. Gets about. <laughs> Is that what you mean? He's a man about town. Yeah, they spend so much time standing up, they got to lie down somewhere. <laughs> what did you say his real name was? Ernie Ells. I reckon it's that. It's the amount of ease in his oh. name. Yeah. Easy. Oh. Yeah, it's, it was one of those ones that was right in front of us all along. 
Okay, yeah. maybe I don't I'm like... turning around then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would have sounded as Big E, you know? Oh, here's Big, Big e. e come along. Oh, Big E's? Where's Big E's golf club? Oh, yeah. Big Easy. It's so, it's so often when you hear the background story to a nickname, they become less good of uh, nicknames. Mm. Yeah, wait till you hear what AJ stands for. It's, no, <laughs> it's not exciting at all. Uh, Dirty Baby was the house. Nice. And yeah, you're right, because there was family around and it was a younger generation uh, person who came up with that one. So mm, there you go. It was what, really? Wow. I what immaculate logic you, you had there. Jean <laughs> uh, Shorts Johnny, that was also the house. That was me. Do you, does that seem like something like an, an old millennial might come up with? <laughs> Jean Shorts Johnny, absolutely, dude. I definitely absolutely. had a time in my life where me and my brother were trying to rename the cat Jean Shorts. <laughs> Beautiful name for a boy or a girl or a cat. Mm. Yeah. Uh, whistle Teeth, which Cass went for. That was AJ. Yeah. Hey. And Magic Dick was correct. So yes, <laughs> yes. Your logic was flawless there. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was you quite nailed incredible. it. Thanks so much. How did you <laughs> clock all the generations? That was well, impressive. I just, I just figured, like, what's a, what's a, like, classic Aussie dad going to think? Is the, <laughs> it's funny enough to say to your adult son, <laughs> you know what the harmonica player's called, you know? After like, 12 and it's got to be magic dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a bit of fun. Because, because Matt, he'll have told a million people that. You know, it's, whenever their band comes up in conversation, he'll have told the person but, closest but he's, to him. We've talked about that band and that song in particular so many times. We always play it when we're drinking and he's never mentioned it before. Wow. So I'm, I'm like, he's been holding out on me here. <laughs> <laughs> well, fun fact. Uh. <laughs> All right, we're up to the second last question here. Question number six comes from Matthew Bohr from Kalauna in British Columbia. And the question is, what annual event happens in Trento, Italy on June the 19th? What annual event happens in Trento, Italy on June the 19th? Quick score update after five rounds. It's the house on one point, AJ on four points, but down front on five points, it's Cass Page. (laughs) Uh, While you're writing your answers... Here's a bit more info about Magic Dick. He was born Richard Salwitz on the 13th of May, 1945. As well as the harmonica, Dick plays the trumpet and saxophone. Magic Dick was one of the founders of the Jay Giles Band in 1965 and has been involved with every incarnation of the band since. His harmonica playing was one of the most distinctive elements of the Jay Giles Band's sound through their hard rock period of the 70s before uh, possibly their better known phase or maybe just to me, in the 80s when they had hits like Freeze Frame and Centerfold. I I think that's the era where they were sort of having top 10 hits, but um, I think they're probably equally well known for both. Uh, His performance of Whammer Jammer, and you're going to have to, after we stop recording, AJ, look up Whammer Jammer live. I will, I will. Live at Full House, and you can chuckle to yourself as you think. (laughs) I'll say to my flatmate, you know who that Can you do the most niche ever TikTok video about the generations reacting to finding out the Jay Gulls band's <laughs> yes. harmonicas. That would be really funny, actually. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> you got to re- release it next week after this pod comes out and everyone should go to... A- What's your handle on, on TikTok? AJ in HD. AJ in HD. And that's the same as on Twitter and stuff as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if, if you do that, let me know and, and we'll have to... Yeah, everyone should go to his account and make sure... Got to keep him um, accountable. Because AJ is flaky as shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
In a hiatus for, of the band, he created a harmonica design of his own called, yeah, it's not that great, the Magic Harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not the Dick Harmonica, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. And he got a patent for it uh, with co-inventor Pierre Beauregard. Apparently, uh, he's often referred to as Magic Dick and his Lickin' Stick. Yes. <laughs> Which I don't know. Yes. I don't know. That's, that's bringing it down some generations, I reckon. <laughs> Lickin' Stick. All right. I can get behind that. All right. The answer in for question number six. What annual event happens in Trento, Italy on June the 19th? A festival dating back to the 19th century where they would dip the same apple into toffee each year, making it slightly larger year on year. The end of the festival would be marked by the mayor giving the apple a lick. Local butchers compete to make the longest salamis. In a cheeky tradition, the winner stands behind their winning entry, so it looks like an extension of their manhood. <laughs> yes! <laughs> a jury sentences a local, usually a politician, to be locked in a cage and dunked in the river. Mm. The SWAT nice. fair. At the heart of summer, the townspeople spend one day swatting fruit flies and other bugs off the wine grapes. Or finally, cat census. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, do you need any more explanation? Not at all. <laughs> cat census. <laughs> cat census. <laughs> Make sure you're honest on your cat census, people. You yeah. Know. yeah, yeah. It's going to improve the. How many cats are living in your apartment tonight? Mm, mm. Or staying there? Yeah. Yeah, and, and that you- includes the ones under the house. <laughs> you have to include your neighbour's cat who has worked out that if they go to your house, you'll also feed them. Yeah, yeah. that's a dependent. Yeah, the, yeah. The, one that, the one that uses uh, your house as a kitty litter. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, cat. Uh, what are we thinking here? Anyone, mm. anyone have any inklings? I feel like the the dick answer last round did me well, so I might go for the salami manhood answer. Gonna stick this time. with dick. Gonna stick yeah, with there dick. were licks and dicks in the first two. Yeah, 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 exactly. All right, so you got the toffee apple festival, mm-hmm. the salami festival, mm-hmm. uh, the jury dunking someone in a cage uh-huh. in the, to the river, the fl- a fruit fly swatting festival, or the cat census. I was gonna go salami. Um, but we are foes, so maybe cat census. Cat census. <laughs> All right, locking that in. Yeah. Here's who wrote the answers. Uh, the Toffee Apple Festival, that was written by the house. Mm-hmm. I wrote that while you were writing your answer as well, so the lick was not a coincidence there. Oh, <laughs> good. That's cool to know. <laughs> but I also thought, well, they won't know that I'm writing it now. I do. <laughs> I was like, that's crazy. We were just talking about lick dicks. Uh, the swap fair, <laughs> where they would flop, <laughs> swap flies and flop swires. Uh, yep. That was Cass. Twas nice. I. Twas I. <laughs> uh, cat census, which Cass went for. That was AJ. Yeah. Really good stuff. Really Thanks good so stuff. That's so far after That's a long ruined year. my life. I'm, I'm always going to want <laughs> the cat sense. <laughs> after so many long winded ones. And then yeah. it's just a two word <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and AJ went for local butchers uh, with the salamis. That was the house. In oh my particular, God, it was the Matthew dunk- Bohr. So the correct answer is. A jury sentences a local, usually a politician, to be locked in a cage and dunked in the river. <laughs> and they bring them back out, I guess. Does dunk, dunk infer the resurfacing or is yes. dunk yeah. just going Yeah, they out? dunk three times mm. 
Uh, and it goes back to like quite an old tradition. I bet, yeah. Uh, used. <laughs> that it w- sounds modern. <laughs> it was a genuine punishment in the 14th to the 17th century. And now they do it sort of as a bit of a nod to that, mm. where it's it's a bit more comical and whatnot. I would hate that. Despite talking about how much we want to return to the ocean, I actually hate being underwater. <laughs> oh yeah, it's because they're bringing me back up. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they were just dunking us, ah oh, right, yeah. yeah. It, it yeah, wasn't yeah. a dunk; it was a plunge. A, a true return, <laughs> a plunge. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Speaking of plunges, I guess uh, here mm. is the final question. <laughs> uh, this one comes from Melissa Gussie from Maynard in Iowa, in the United States. And we always finish with a, a film plot synopsis, normally mm, yes. about. Two, three sentences long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is, what is the synopsis of the 1998 film No More Baths? What is the synopsis of the 1998 film No More Baths? It's a bit tricky. You're both um, cinephiles, so hopefully neither of you heard of this one. I think it's pretty obscure. While you're writing your answers, here's some more info about the annual dunking. According to Jessica Stewart, writing for My Modern Met, In the northern Italian city of Trento, an annual tradition leaves local politicians shaking in their boots. The Tonka is a comical reenacting of an ancient punishment used from the 14th to the 17th century in which one person is placed in a cage and dunked in the freezing waters of the Adige, the second longest river in Italy. The tradition is part of the Festi Vigilani. I'm sorry about all these mispronunciations. I am actually... uh quarter of Swiss Italian, so I think I'd probably get away with it. Uh, a week, which is a week-long celebration of the town's patron saint that takes place in late June. While many could probably name a few politicians who could use a refreshing dunk, there is a traditional ritual in selecting who deserves this honour. Prior to the event, the Court of Penance, or the Tribunale di Penitenza, I've been doing a bit of Duolingo, is held publicly. This spectacle is a comedic satire in which members of the court nominate people and state their cases for doing so. There is a judge, defense attorney, prosecutor, and even someone who plays the role of the accused. While those are nominated aren't blasphemers, which is whom the original punishment was reserved for, they have done something over the course of the year that was scandalous or newsworthy. Very often politicians are nominated, but that's not always the case. For example... Uh, recent nominees include the last four presidents of the province for their role in delaying a new hospital, as well as a nurse who was charged with falsifying the record, uh, the results of COVID tests. And people aren't always up, uh, put up for the punishment due to serious offences. Two other politicians were nominated last year for their opposition to a concert by popular Italian singer-songwriter Vasco Rossi. The official verdict of the court is announced a few days later, and at that time, whoever was deemed the worst of the worst must take their place inside the cage. They're then ceremoniously dunked uh, in the river three times, just as in the past. But don't worry, the ritual is all in good fun. Through humour, locals honour their past while also holding accountable those who have done something not in keeping with how locals from Trento should act. I think that sounds like a pretty smart way to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> pretty smart way to uh, keep people in line you know uh all right here is the final question what is the synopsis of the 1998 film no more baths jane stroud is struggling to make ends meet when out of the blue she inherits a mansion from a distant uncle on her second night in the house she decides to take a long soak in the ornate tub but there she sees a ghostly apparition committing there and then 
to never take a bath again. But will that be enough to stop the hauntings? (laughs) (laughs) An animated film about a little boy who does not want to have a bath. So he runs away from home to live in a landfill. (laughs) After befriending the local vermin, including a raccoon named Big Bad Larry, the dirty boy leads an uprising against the pro-bath society, which they refer to as the Cleans. Jake lets the children play at his home and tell stories of his role in the civil rights movement. A developer wants to have the elderly Jake evicted from his home to increase real estate value, so the kids decide to go on a bath strike. A Belgian anthology film that includes 12 shorts written and directed by the country's oddest minds, including one story where a donkey is elected mayor and another where a time traveller arrives in a future utopian society. Everything is perfect, apart from one thing. No one bathes. (laughs) Or finally, after completing a school project on the woman's strike in Europe, 10-year-old military kid Kelsey convinces all of the military kids on her street to go on strike so that their dads come home. All right. So you've got the the bathtub haunting. Mm -hmm. You've got the animated dirty boy lives in (laughs) landfill. You've got old old civil rights activist Jake uh, being... Um, kicked out by developers. You got the Be- Belgian anthology film, or you've got the uh, the women's strike in Europe leading to the military kids going on strike. Do we do we have a year that? Did you say a year that this film came out? Yes, ninety eight. Ninety eight. Okay, I'm going with Belgium anthology film. That sounds the like the exact kind of thing that would come out of Belgium in nineteen ninety eight. Oh, and I should say, this round is worth triple points. Oh. Ah. So it's truly still anyone's game. I would have tried harder. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So, I mean, I'd still just say go, go for the one you think's right, AJ. But Yeah, I reckon Belgium. Belgium anthology film. All right. What are you thinking, Cass? Oh, I was going to go with the anthology film purely because of the donkey um, mm. becoming mayor. Join me, Cass. Go for it. Go for it. We we now both know that neither of us wrote it because we're both guessing it, right? Yeah. Okay. So I've, I've, I've never done this. Call. Let's let's unite at the final yeah. post. Yeah. Exactly. Done. Okay. <laughs> we're g- going donkey. <laughs> if you if you guess this, it means AJ can't win because you've got a lead on him. Is that uh, what you, oh, you when I said join like me, that? Cass, I was more meaning like in spirit. Oh, you know. Okay. Okay. I'll <laughs> no, join no, in no, spirit no, only. It's fine. It's fine. You can do it. What? Okay, no, if we both get it, then we both win. Okay, you, you want to change the rules too? Yeah. It seems right. Okay. Yeah, and, and the spirit of all the, like, wonderful, um, like, uh, writer's strike successes, we're, yeah. we're going to share in the spoils here. Okay. We kept picking each other's things. It's mm. only right that we hold hands and cross this line together. Absolutely. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> Never knew I was going to get emotional at the end here. All right. Here's who wrote the answers. Jane Stroud, struggling to make ends meet, gets haunted in the bath. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was written by Melissa, aka The House. Mm-hmm. Well, Melissa wrote a lot shorter. I'd flubbed it out a lot and probably made it less believable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me read what Melissa actually wrote. It was pretty fun. It was very <laughs> short to the point. Um, so, cause, uh, so, when people um, suggest their uh, questions, there's also a bit where they can um, write uh, fake answers. So, Melissa wrote, Matt, I'm bad at this. Help me out, lol. I'm not even sure if this is a good question. I'm sorry. 
Are they right? A horror film. What about a horror film about someone seeing a ghost in their tub, but so they decide never to take a bath again? I'm like, that's great. And then I just flowered it out to the point where I don't think either of you even considered it. No, it was good. It was good. It was good. good. I wrote the word apparition. <laughs> That's yeah, it's great stuff, Come on, please. Uh, the animated film about the little boy who does not want to have a bath and lives in landfill. That was AJ. Hello. I oh. could see that being made. Yeah. I could see that being made. Big Black Larry. lived in the Larry. landfill. Yeah. Uh, Cass wrote the one about the uh, 10-year-old military kid, Kelsey, who convinces the other military kids on her street to go on mm. strike. I liked that angle, Cass. I like making it a, a strike statement. That was Thank good. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, two answers left here. The Belgian Anthology and Jake, the civil rights activist. Hmm. The, the Belgian Anthology, that was written by the house. <laughs> no! Man, the correct answer is Jake lets the children play at his home and tell stories of his role in the civil rights movement. The developer comes in and the kids go on a bath strike. Um, it was the so- other bath strike one. Oh, no, I was I was tapping into something real. <laughs> and, um, but really- hey, at least at least we ended on a wet question because what is a bath? It was a wet question. It's not You're a small right. ocean. You know? You're so right, Matt. Yeah. Really well done on that Belgian yeah. anthology. Thank yeah, yeah, you yeah. so much. Oh, yeah, I um. I didn't know if it sounded believable, but was it the Belgian part that made you go, Uh, those Belgians could? European 90s cinema in general is very, like, I don't know. That that would fit right home in in that era, I think. Uh, So, I mean, as a a movie maker yourself, AJ, feel free to put that vision. It's going to be hard for you to make it as a Belgian anthology, but... In the 90s. I believe in you. You could do it. Thank you so yeah, much. I guess you could do it as a, you know, that could be the conceit I'm actually, of it. I'm actually directing a short film this month that's set in the 90s. And boy, are we not being very stringent with, <laughs> with that. Everyone's <laughs> using smartphones. Yeah, and- yeah, I reckon we're going to get to the edit and there'll be some, like, major, like, obvious thing that's not <laughs> in real in the 90s. The, the real film only hasn't got a lot of reviews or anything accessible. It's got a 45% audience uh, score from Oof. Rotten Tomatoes on your website. You you work for Letterbox, don't you, AJ? Yeah, yeah. Here's a couple of quick ones from there. Uh, Charlie gives it one and a half stars, saying, "Gonna show this to my kids when they're five years old as the first step to ra- radicalizing them." <laughs> <laughs> okay. This and, is classic uh, Letterbox review shit. This is what they're all like. <laughs> Avant a, a emoji gives it one and a half stars, well, saying, uh, "Like confused face emoji and." Also, what happened to the dog? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. So, it sounds like it could be pretty good. Uh, someone else said uh, how woke the kids are. Oh, very uh, nice. Yeah. Sounds All right. good. Here's the final <laughs> score check. I can't believe this. He's come from the clouds here. Uh, in third place on four points, it's AJ. Wow. In second place on six points, it's Cass. But for the first <gasps> time in a long time, outright winner on eight points, it's the house. <laughs> Damn, we got housed. <laughs> we got, got housed. absolutely housed. Yeah, I can't believe it. Uh, the triple points, both of you going for it. It uh, mm. that's unprecedented. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of tried to get you to change your answer. But <laughs> I never even considered that this would mean the house would win. Yeah. <laughs> God. Well, I feel uncomfortable. Anyway, thanks you two <laughs> hey, for coming job, and letting Matt, me win great again. Great job on winning. <laughs> hey, everybody. Claps for Matt. Snaps for Matt for winning. Hello, Thank you so yay. much. That feels fantastic. Um, mm. Before we go, 
Uh, Cass, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the Sans Pants Radio Network, so sanspantsradio.com. If you want something silly, that I used to listen to Shut Up a Second, a podcast that Sans Pants put out. I used to listen to it every night to fall asleep, and now I host it. Oh, so awesome. if you like going to sleep, do that. Mm. Um, <laughs> I've tried to describe it before as like when you are falling asleep at a sleepover and it's like really late at night and you're just listening to your friends Babylon and it's really I nice. I love this. this is, I'm going to listen right away. <laughs> this sounds awesome. That's what I like. We've got one called Being Hot is Hard about being hot and how hot it is. <laughs> um, and then D&D's for Nerds, they pop up on there sometimes. Nice. Uh, being other people and sometimes not people because Whoa. Dungeons and Dragons let you do that. Mm, nice. All great pods. I've been on Shut Up a Second a bunch of times. You have and, and we'd love to always, have you back. It's always lovely. Nice. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us, Cass. And AJ, what about you? Yep, you can listen to my podcast called Cult Popture. We cover a different film franchise every fortnight. We just got through all of the Star Trek films. Oh, um, God, what a slog. Uh, yeah. There's so many. Well, we, we split it over because there's three generations, so we did three fortnights instead, oh my God. Of, <laughs> instead of one. Um, we're about to start uh, on the Butterfly Effect trilogy, which not a lot of people know as a trilogy or no. just not a lot of people know about that film either. So I remember Ashton Kutcher did Ashton one. Ashton Kutcher, yeah. yeah. But I don't, yep. didn't know it was a trilogy. Yeah, yeah. He's not in any of the others. And Ashton Kutcher, so on topic right now, right? Like, the best yeah. time in history to be covering an Ashton Kutcher. Sorry, are you punking franchise. us right now? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, uh, you two. And, uh, hey, listeners, why don't you give us a five-star review? We've been getting a bunch of them lately, and they've been making me feel real warm inside. Nice. Uh, and if you think you know of anyone who might enjoy this show, please let them know. Cheers for tuning in to Who Knew with Matt Stewart. And now that you know it, I've been Matt Stewart. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) AJ. Mm. You, I mean, I nearly always trust your (laughs) thoughts and I think you should always correct me. Please always feel free to do that. All right. I will. No matter what. (laughs) Even if it's in one of my pet categories. Okay. What's your pet category? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that makes it hard. Um, <laughs> I'll just I'll just try to correct you on every front from here yeah. on out then. What about the St. Kilda Football Club? Oh, something. <laughs> I mean, I did edit a five-hour podcast recently <laughs> about the St. Kilda Football Club, so I've retained oh, really? a bit of knowledge. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five hours? Yeah. Mm. You just mm. been records yeah, <laughs> every yeah. week, aren't you? You do go on record. <laughs> I didn't even re- I knew the tits were funny but I didn't even recognize that the other ones were peckers as well until I showed someone else they're like ah oh, tits and peckers I'm like ah peckers yeah <laughs> peckers not a big you don't really hear peckers that feels like more of an American yeah term. you only really hear it if you are trying to buy dick paraphernalia for a hen's night oh, right because no one's putting dick on their stuff but it's all like pecker oh yeah and it, a pecker straw pecker lipstick there are, there's a like a famous bit of stand-up from decades ago where someone's impersonating, maybe it's, I can't remember who it is, but they're impersonating white men. And like, hey, get over here, peckerhead. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you sound like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's good stuff. 
what a comeback story the bat had it won bird of the year you know that's beautiful i love actually. that that's really nice mm. same year as the batman and morbius came out as well so Whoa. Bat- wow. bats have had a big swing back since like is morbius about a bat he's a vampire it's about oh. a man who is injected with bat dna something oh, okay. that in real life caused the pandemic and yeah, then they made and a movie where it didn't happen a bat like surely he should be called batman mm. that feels like yeah. i think you you get to take the title yeah, oh, the other guy went first. Mm, oh, I went true. first, but do you have any bat DNA? Mm, yeah. <laughs> You're a man-man, okay? That seems rude. Like, to, if I'm glad, well, he went with Morbius, right? Yeah. Well, that was just his name. The, li- oh, okay. the living vampire, I guess, is his superhero name. Was he- So he didn't die. Is he also no. the guy from The Matrix, Morbius? That's Morpheus. Morpheus. Oh, Morpheus. Now, are they related? No. No. Yeah, and so, that is how words work. Just double checking. Are you familiar think, with the? Is it, is it a problem to ask questions now? <laughs> are you familiar with the Batman villain Man Bat? Because he is, I believe, no. got bat DNA. It's a good who knew, who knew it question. If I didn't just spoil it, just then. that's great. But, but Man Bat is in fact a Batman villain. That's that's like more bat than man. If you can picture that Man Bat, that's fun. <laughs> All right. Should have gone with my gut. Should have gone with the obvious Toreo uh, bird name, I think. It's and the lesson I've learned here. And you've never... So you haven't heard of that bird? No. I was thinking, oh, I wonder how common it is. No, I, I looked it up as well. I don't think I've ever seen it either. Right. But it looks pretty, pretty nondescript. It's, it it's been in, in the... Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was a real... Just a real nice sounding name for a bird, which I thought mm. Cass would enjoy. Cass really mm. likes nice sounding things. I She's very I like unique in that way. Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm special and different. No, it's why I come on this podcast. This might be that's I, nice to listen to. I think this might be our the yeah, this might be our record for most gentle energy on one podcast. Oh. How beautiful. It's very beautiful. <laughs> we got a nice off. <laughs> 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 Who will win? Because they keep letting the other win. Oh, we're bringing You'd be you. You two would do that dance down the street forever. No, you yeah, go. Yeah. Sorry, Detroit you go. witch. No, Detroit witch. <laughs> Detroit witch. I'm thinking of that pizza yeah, I'm thinking again. Thinking of that pizza sandwich. You remember? Um, have you seen that? Uh, when Richard Nixon was was running for president, there were campaign slogans that were like, "They'll never lick our dick." Was like, oh, you know, yeah. lick, lickers and beat, and yeah. I guess. Dick didn't mean what it means now back then. Oh, so yeah, that that wasn't even meant to be a pun. Mm, mm, yeah, it just meant to rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> and what did lick mean back then? Like uh, beat, d- defeat. I guess. Defeat. Yeah. Like you, you would, you would get your licks in, your punches in, right? Mm. Am I making stuff up or is this no, real? No, I heard that when people talk about getting a lick in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Means yeah. something different today, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, here's question number three. This one comes from Tamara Potts from Perth. I was hanging out with Tamara just a couple of weeks ago. Nice. Uh, Brag. She bought me a cocktail. Oh, what'd you get? Uh, espresso martini. That's fun, though. I was See, embarrassed. Fun. When, yeah, that's fun. I, but I am. It's not of, funny. <laughs> no, it's, it's not, not a, funny. It's no. not a funny cocktail. <laughs> it's no sex on the beach. <laughs> there's, there's, there's slight, yes, exactly. There's a slight embarrassment when you're like, "Can I have the one that probably most people get?" You know what I mean? 
Mm. But most people get it because it's really nice. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't and it's, it? <laughs> it's essentially a Jaeger bomb, but you're an adult. That's classy mm. Jaeger bomb. Nice. Yeah. nice. Yeah, it's a, a vodka Red Bull. Mm. After dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do we need Let's do the sync. Can I do it? Can I sing it or do you want to sing it? You go for it, man. So no one told me life was going to be this way. There you go. <laughs> uh, AJ told D- me that. Cass, do you think that that voice sounded like me, having just met me? Did the voice Matt just did? That wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you do the uh, do the song as well? Just so we, maybe at the end of the episode we'll put back to back. Okay. Uh, see if if people can tell and they'll be which one's which. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, that sounds good. Do you want me to do it now? Oh, yeah, go it for it end? now. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> So no one told you life was gonna be this way. <laughs> oh, I can't tell the difference. Wait, that wasn't Matt again. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> 